Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. I am your host, Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Vicki Landers. Vicki is a seasoned healthcare professional with over two decades of experience in clinical and leadership roles. She's the founder and CEO of In Progress Coaching, which is dedicated to empowering healthcare leaders to lead themselves and others using the framework of the energy of leadership. Welcome, Vicki Landers, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you. I am very excited to be here. So you and I were chatting a little bit before we got started here today about you've actually been doing some speaking since 2007. So tell me a little bit more about what kind of speaking you've been doing in the past and what was, you know, what's your go-to topic or whatever. And were you more of a, a trainer or a speaker? How did you classify yourself in your mind? Well... It's funny, this, my whole speaking career started when I interviewed a physical therapist to try to hire her for my organization. And by the end of our interview, she decided she didn't want to work in home care and that she thought that I should work for the company that she was a trainer for. <laughs> and it turned out really well. She's become one of my very best friends. And I taught for that continuing education company for, oh, six or seven years before they went out of business. So I would say that this all started out with me training and I was training physical therapists and occupational therapists about how to care for the aging population and, mm -hmm. and to care for people who had balance deficits. You know, as I mentioned before we got started, my wife retired as a physical therapist assistant after 40 years in the field. And her final job was actually in-home care for visiting nurses association. So I got to hear a lot of stories in that arena. Now. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a crazy, it's a crazy place to work. I, I, I still do some consulting for home care and I, it is my, um, if I'm going to treat patients in any setting, it's going to be in home health because you have the undivided attention other than the television of the people in the room. <laughs> so what led you from doing training for this organization of physical therapists and other staff on the aging to opening your own coaching business? It was sort of convoluted. So I was a clinical clinical staff. I became a leader and I was leadership at the home care agency I worked for. I became the IT strategist and analyst and I was getting to teach people about the software and really think about strategy behind software. And somewhere along the line, a friend of mine's like, you'd make a good coach. To which I said, 
I don't know what coaching is. Investigated it, uh, went down the path, got certified a couple of years ago by the ICF. And in this self-discovery phase, I realized that the thing that I love more than anything else is to share information and watch little light bulbs go off in the room, mm -hmm. help people leave a space thinking about something differently and doing something differently than when they walked in. And that's literally what lights me up. That is the thing that I have the most fun doing. So I started paying attention to myself and, and realized that this was the thing. So in the last year, year and a half, I've, I've, shifted um, my business model, shifted my thoughts around getting in front of more audiences that I can help. Um, predominantly, it's in the healthcare space. So as a coach, and you've been at it almost a couple of decades now in one form or another, it sounds like. What, in your opinion, Vicki, makes a coach a good coach? Somebody who listens. And doesn't just listen to respond, but listens to understand. Because when we listen to understand, we can respond much more effectively to the person who's in front of us, whether they're asking us for advice, which is not what coaching is, or they're asking us for um, guidance and really listening at a deeper level to what's going on with the person in front of me. And so that's, that's what makes a good coach is listening at a much deeper level than necessarily just the words, but also the tone and their behaviors when they say them. So obviously a lot of speakers are coaches also. So when you're wearing your speaker hat versus your coaching hat, is the approach any different in terms of sharing your knowledge or expertise with people? Because you are more in a position of up on a pedestal, so to speak, you know, you're the credible one who's supposed to be telling them what to do or whatever versus, quote, listening and, and finding out how to best get it across, if that makes sense or whatsoever. So how would you respond? How would you respond to that? particular thought there, there are two different methods um, when i'm speaking in front of people i'm teaching them something about themselves i'm helping them reflect on who they are and giving them tools and tricks that they can use to do that to make them more aware of themselves more accepting of themselves so that they can stop getting distracted by the, the voices in their head that tell them they're not good enough um, so that's what i do when i'm speaking however it is incredibly important that when you're speaking you're paying attention to your audience you know, you can tell if you're if you're paying attention, whether they're engaged and interested or if they are bored and checked out and not not picking up the energy that you'd like them to pick mm -hmm. up. So that that listening, it's done in a little different way when you're standing in front of an audience. But it is still such a big part because you need to be able to shift in the moment to the energy that's in the room and try to help the energy shift to a way that impacts them more powerfully. No. Typically, you can have more of an impact as a speaker than, than a coach, per se, because you can speak to larger audiences at, you know, at a given time or whatever. So as you look to increase the amount of speaking that you're doing, is your desire to be more of a keynote speaker or do you want to be, are you just using it for business building purposes? So hopefully people will have a need for your coaching or whatever it may be. Or do you intend to sell directly from the platform some something, coaching program, whatever it may be? So right now I'm looking to get more on stages doing keynotes, inspirational, motivational, and aspirational um, presentations. My business model is actually kind of three, three tiers. 
you want to call it that, three legs to a stool, um, speaking. And then I also do small group workshops for, so for smaller organizations, I do sort of group coaching and Mm -hmm. then I do individual coaching. Um, My business model is focusing on the speaking as the primary source of income. All right. So as a, in a sense, an up and coming particular yourself, as you're looking to make that a bigger part of, of what you do as a marketing tool or whatever, what are the main things that you think about or the, your major concerns that you think about as you look to build your own speaking career? What's your new, new speakers focus on, in other words? Um, Who do you serve? This is probably the biggest thing. We may believe that we can serve everybody and we might be able to serve everybody. But as I have gone through this process of attempting to, you know, figure out how to best build a business, you need to be, you need to have a specific message that says, this is who I help and this is what I help them with. My specific message is I help healthcare providers and organizations return to the purpose of healthcare taking care of patients specific i have a specific group of people that i want to talk to and it's people who take care of patients all right so as you get more into keynote speaking yourself in your opinion what makes for a truly successful keynote speech and how do you measure that success because sometimes the impacts are not going to be felt immediately it's a long-term type thing that you have to see I'm assuming that see if your message takes hold or whatever. So how do you know a month or two months or three months or six months or a year later, whether your message truly had an impact? So I've been reading, this is something that I do to, to grow. I've been reading a lot lately. And one of the things that I've picked up in, in one of the books that I've read is, so kind of our, so how do you know your impact? There's a way to measure it that doesn't have anything to do with the light bulbs, and it has to do with being a referable speaker. So when you walk off the stage, you either have people coming up to you and saying, oh, my gosh, I want to introduce you to this other organization. I think your message would hit with them. Um, So that's one way to know. And the other way to know is is when people are sending you, you know, your testimonials are very useful. And when I say testimonials, I mean your audience feedback. You know, what did they have to say? What kind of impact? Um, and then if you actually follow up with the organizations, if it if you end up doing like corporations, you can follow up and ask, you know, ask for that feedback to find out six months later if they're still doing something with it. Um, How do you leverage Vicky current speaking engagements into future speaking engagements? Are there typical tools you're using or follow-up systems that you have in place to try to leverage an existing speaking experience into future gigs? So one of the things that I do is after a gig, I will talk with the organizer and just say, you know, if you had a really good experience with me and, and if you network with other like association directors. So last year I did a keynote for Missouri Alliance for Home Care and I talked to the executive director and she's like, oh yeah, I'm a member of the associations of associations. And she's like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I will tell them about you. So that's that's one way to leverage. Um, and then just to ask, just say, do you think there are other organizations that I may not have thought of who would be interested in my message? So how important, Vicki, in your mind, is a having a good sizzle reel for an upcoming speaker? Turns out, I think it's actually pretty important. Some kind of speaker reel because I've been asked for it. I mean, I, I have one. And I've been I've been asked for it repeatedly. Well, do you have an example of what you do and who you are and what you look like on stage, your presence? And so as it turns out, I've used it a lot. Now I got my first keynote without one. 
but the reason I got it with that one is because I had done a number of free breakout sessions for that organization over the last 10 years. Sure. They knew me very well. So another question, are you a PowerPoint person or not? <laughs> I am a, so again, I'm a book reader. I, I read this book once upon a time called Carpe Audience, and it really changed the way that I thought about PowerPoints. So yes, I use PowerPoints, but they are super minimalist. Um, words, did, you know, if you've got like slides with buckets of words on them, people are reading them and they're not paying attention to you. It needs to be something that enhances the presentation, mm -hmm. not distracts from. So I'm very judicious with how I use my PowerPoint slides. Um, I do use them, but you know what? I gave a presentation two days ago that the room wasn't, they're like, yeah, you can't have a PowerPoint. I'm like, okay, I can do, mm -hmm. I can do either. And so I do both. It depends on what the, the situation, but minimalist, I am super minimalist anymore about my PowerPoints. Now, have you done any virtual events, Vicki? And if so, what do you do differently, if anything, in a virtual setting versus a live person event? So virtual, I used to be super resistant to virtual. However, I've done them. So the thing that I do to keep my energy up is that when I do a virtual event, I stand up. I raise my, my camera up and I'm standing for the whole time that I'm speaking because that keeps my energy up. It makes my posture so much better. I enunciate better. And I'm, I'm still working on my comfort zone of, of, you know, how do you respond to chat? How do you respond to Q and A? How do you do that? And what's interesting to me is that when you ask for questions at the end of a virtual, most of the time it's crickets. Um, but people are more than willing to do the chats and the Q and A's. All right, I've got a couple other questions I want to ask you, Vicki, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight and Speaky Show. My guest this week is Vicki Lander. So, Vicki, one of my favorite questions always to ask my guest is, okay, bear your soul a little bit here and, and share maybe an embarrassing moment that you either had personally or you witnessed from another speaker that, you know, was really, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that type thing. But you or they learned a valuable lesson from it, and it would be something that you would highly encourage up-and-coming speakers not to do. So one of the things about me is I am incredibly flexible and I've been in weird situations. Like I went to do a continuing ed class and it, this is an experience, this is a physical therapy continuing ed class. We're moving around and we're doing stuff and they were going to, instead of put me in the conference room, they were going to put me in a hotel room that had been emptied out and there were 25 people. So I could have thrown a little fit and gotten all mad. And instead I was like, Hey, this isn't going to work. What other options do we have? I ended up teaching a class in a courtyard. A couple people got sunburned. They were unhappy. <laughs> I lost my voice. Um, but so I'm, so I actually, I tend to be, I don't recognize these things as embarrassing or awful. I, I tend to see them as an opportunity. But the thing that I've seen somebody else do, and I have no idea if this person learned anything from it or not, but they were doing a keynote and no joke, 
probably every fourth sentence out of their mouth was, and this is in my book, and this is in my book, and this is in my book. And I got about halfway through this and I'm like, well, why are you standing here if this is all in your book? And I just felt like he was trying too hard to sell his book yeah. and not to deliver. And he he did have some meaningful stuff in his uh, presentation, but I was so distracted by the fact that he was selling his book that I would say, avoid that. Absolutely mention your book. It's a great way to get sales. However, don't make the presentation an entire sales presentation. Yeah. I mean, the whole mindset, of, you get in the listener's mind, oh, this pitch, 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 pitch total, is a total turnoff or whatever. So yeah. I certainly have seen it and understand where you're coming from there. So in your mind, and I had a, God, I had a question now it's to skip my mind or whatever, but I'll come up with something else. So when you are doing a presentation, how do you best and most quickly build rapport with your audience? I, 99% of the time, the first thing I start out with is a question. Um, my One of my current favorite questions is, how many leadership books have you read? Hmm. How many leadership podcasts have you read? And I start out, I start out with some sort of a question where they get the opportunity to respond. The other one that I do that people seem to respond well to is I have them cross their arms and then I have them uncross and cross them the other way as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah, think about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> when you And when people do this, it does two things. One, it makes them move. And I'm a PT mm -hmm. and I'm big about movement. Um, it makes you recognize that you have patterns and that when you go to change your pattern, it takes you a little longer. And whenever we do something new and different like this, it actually opens up our brain to better receive the message that we're about to get. Mm -hmm. So I, that's another one that I use um, in order to help, help get people kind of on the same page and to get our energy aligned so that we can have a great time. Um, All right. Well, outstanding. All right. So some great advice there, Vicki. So I'd like to give you a, a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you do and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. So I do keynote speeches and I do breakouts and I do workshops uh, for healthcare providers and organizations who want to return their focus back to patient care because patient care is all about taking care of the patients. And um, I do, again, I do keynotes, but I also do workshops for small for smaller companies who want to get their leadership team and their staff kind of speaking the same language and refocused on the purpose of their organization. And I also do some individual coaching. You can find me at inprogresscoaching.com or I'm on, uh, you can email me at vdlanders at inprogresscoaching.com. Those are the best ways to find me and get a hold of me. All right. We'll make sure both of those that are in the show notes down below. Vicki, thank you so much for being my guest today on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, all my listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Hop on over to spotlightonspeaking.com. Make sure you register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website 
at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business. Thank you.